Welcome to episode 48 of Real Travels. I'm your host, Lisa Iannucci, and the author of On Location, a Film and TV Lover's Travel Guide. I know it's been quite a few weeks since I've been around, but in today's episode, I'll explain what's going on. We'll go over some really cool things you should still do in 2021, and I have a great interview with one of the actors from Cobra Kai. Let's get started. Hey everyone, it's mid-May and it's been a while since I've posted a new episode, but with good reason, which I'll get to in a minute. I am back, and going forward, I'll be producing more podcasts with some very special guests. So, what's been going on? Well, my mom's okay now, but she actually has been dealing with some health issues. She's 85 years old and has been pretty independent up until now. She started having some issues as some of the doctors just poo-pooed, and she was told to see this doctor and that doctor, and all of them just kept pushing her off to another doctor, giving her medication for something they weren't even sure she had. Needless to say, a few weeks later, she ended up in the emergency room. That ER didn't even do what they needed to do to help her, and ultimately, after 16 hours of waiting for practically nothing, they sent her home to follow up with her doctors. The same doctor who told her to go to the ER. Oh, my God. Fast forward four days later, she's back in the ER at a different hospital that actually kept her for two weeks. They treated her the way that I hope she would have been treated weeks ago. Now, I know that doctors and medical staff are overwhelmed because of COVID and other situations that are going on right now, but what she went through wasn't fair. Thank God it didn't cost her her life. She's home. She actually has a heart procedure tomorrow uh, after I record this, and she still has some medical obstacles to overcome that come with age. But the moral of this story is to not give up when your loved ones say they aren't feeling well and advocating for them to get the right care. When I am exhausted, TV and film are always there for me. So what have I been watching? First of all, before I get to that, I have a great story for you. If you know me and you've listened to this podcast before, you know that I have a Regal Cinema near my home. And Regal Cinema is, I always call it, my home away from home. And of course, because of COVID, when it closed, I really did not think that Regal would, at least the one in my area, would open back up again. I thought it would close for good. So I was really pleasantly surprised when I found out that they were reopening on May 7th. And my daughter said to me, Mom, I'm coming over to your house. I'm going to bring you some Regal popcorn. So she brings me the popcorn and she proceeds to tell me the story. Now, before I get to that, my daughter and I have a lot of really fun memories of watching movies at Regal. And it, it was our thing. It's like if we're having a bad day, we went to the movies. If we had nothing to do, we went to the movies. Or we just went to the movies because we love movies. So we have a lot of good memories at the movie theater. And she told me that when she got into her car after getting the popcorn from Regal, that it was so bizarre to her after so many months of there not being any movie theater that she started to cry. She was overwhelmed with emotion from having the popcorn in her hand that she was bringing to me, sitting in her car, like um, realizing that the theater was open again and just it brought back so many memories for her that she started to cry. So, of course, she's telling me this story and I start to cry and I taste the popcorn and I'm crying even more and I'm thinking I'm crying over popcorn 
But you guys are all film and TV fans. You get it. It's been a long time since theaters have been open, and it's uh, it's absolutely wonderful that they're starting to open back up again. I am in the camp that I'm a little leery about it. I am double vaccinated. I've gotten both shots, and I do plan on to trying to at least see a movie on a very slow day where maybe there's only a couple of other people in the theater, but I don't know when that's going to be, but it's it's fun to have it open again. So the following weekend, I asked her to go with me to the theater because I had not seen it open since February of last year. And she walked over to the theater with me and we took pictures and I bought another popcorn and I got all misty because, and also keep in mind, uh, for a part-time job, I actually worked in Regal for, I think it was about eight months. And I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I was just really not, I, I wasn't not going to believe that they were going to open back up. So standing in this theater in the lobby, it just meant so much to me. So Welcome back movies, and if you do have an opportunity to go out and see them and support them, especially the independent you know, movie theaters, please go do that. So on that note, what, am I, what have I watched at home? And I do have to say, these are some of the movies I've seen over the last few weeks. I saw Paddington 2, and I saw Paddington 1 some months back, and I have to say that the two Paddington movies are so well done, they seriously are, are two of my favorite movies I guess you call them animated movies, but they're not, like, they're with people, too, so I'm not quite sure how you label that. So partly animated, but they were very, very well done. And then there's also Flora and Ulysses, and that is an animated movie on the Disney Network, and I thought it was fantastic. It was so funny, so cute. The kids will love it. So if you have an opportunity and, and you want to look, sit down and watch something that both you and the kids will enjoy, Flora and Ulysses is a great little movie. So the next movie that I saw was The Bookshop, which I had started to watch once before and actually was a little bored in the beginning. And my daughter had, my other daughter had seen it, and she said, it's a good movie, she said, but it's a little slow. If you can get past that, the story starts to build. And it did a little bit, um, it, not my favorite movie, it had a very odd, very odd ending. And that's really all, I'm not, of course, I'm not going to give out spoilers for anybody out there. But... It's a little slow. It's very character-driven. It's it's very dialogue-strong. It's not an action movie or anything like that. But it is definitely something that I think you would enjoy. Just don't... I'm not going to rate it a 10, okay? Maybe like a 7. So the next one is one of those movies where I have read so much on the Internet that Melissa McCarthy should stop making movies that her husband produced. And I'm like, oh, here we go again. Everybody's putting down Ben. And I don't really listen to people when it comes to what movies I want to watch and don't want to watch. I, it all just depends on the mood that I'm in. So I decided that I was going to give Thunder Force a try. And Thunder Force is with Melissa McCarthy. It's silly. It's very silly, but it's fun. 
And when you're in the middle of a pandemic, you're looking for silly and fun. And I really enjoyed Thunder Force. So I am not in the camp of people who are saying that Melissa McCarthy should stop doing movies that her husband makes. Uh, you know, she could do whatever she wants, but this was just an opportunity for her to partner with a friend of hers and do a movie and, and just have a good time. So Thunder Force is just one of those have a good time movies. So check that out. I think it's on Netflix. I also watched the movie Moxie on Netflix, and Moxie is about a young girl who uh, goes to school and, and she decides to start a club anonymously for things to change in her school, for the misogynist behavior to change, for the stereotypes to change, all of these things to change in her school. But she didn't really want to step out and say that she was the one who started it. Uh, she wanted to just start it and have other people get involved and see kind of where it takes off from there. And, of course, it goes in a direction that she's not expecting. And she has to make the choice, does she actually tell people that it's her or not? Very, very, very well done movie. If you have teenagers, young teens, uh, I definitely encourage you to sit down and watch this movie. I thought it was really well done. I also want to say that if you're on the Disney Plus Network, check out the shorts, the, especially the Pixar shorts. I try to watch one every now and then just because uh, as a writer, it's easy for me to write a book. I can sit down and write 60,000 words of a book. It's extremely hard to write 400 words of an article because you're constantly cutting and tightening and making it better and and doing all these things and it's a little bit of a, a little space and you, you're trying to say a lot and that's how I look at shorts that you have an opportunity to create a movie but now you're tightening it to three four or five or ten minutes short and it, they're not all well done and it's definitely not easy to do. But the Pixar shorts on Disney Plus are very good. I watched Float, and it's so cute. It's about a little baby who comes into this world with a power of the ability to float, and his father tries to hide that power. Uh, and then you find out if that father ultimately accepts his son for his floating ability and how he looks at the people around him who stare at his son. And it's very cute. Those are the things that I've been watching. And now I also want to announce that one of my favorite magazines, which is Remind, it's a retro publication. It looks back at TV shows and movies. It's brought me on board for a new column that's about film and TV locations, museums to see when you finally get back on the road. Basically, things I tell you guys about, I am going to be writing about for Remind magazine. So my first column I think comes out in another month or so. So if you haven't if you see it on the at Barnes and Noble or wherever you get your books or magazines, check it out. It's one of my favorite publications. When I read it years ago, I knew that I wanted to write for it and I finally have that opportunity. Now let's talk a little bit about what's going on this year travel wise. So COVID and twenty twenty uh and twenty twenty cancellations and events it, it's been crazy. What's canceled? What's being brought back, what's going to be held next year and moved, and it's hard to keep track of everything. Where are you going to go? What are you going to see? What are you going to do? So today I wanted to talk about some of the more 
popular annual festivals and things to do, what's open, what's not coming back. And this way you can take that information and start to plan your itinerary for the year or start to get a jump on next year. Let's first start with American Graffiti. American Graffiti every year in Modesta, California has a festival to celebrate the 1973 classic iconic movie starred Ron Howard, it starred Penny Marshall. I mean, the, the names in that film go, are huge. They're, they're very long. Uh, so every year they have this American Graffiti Festival, and it's usually held in August. Um, I'm sorry, it's usually held earlier in the year. This year it's been moved to August 20th to the 22nd. So if you're an American Graffiti Festival fan, you should check out AmericanGraffitiFestival.com. And you can check out the dates and how to sign up, how to get tickets, and get more information from there. So that's still happening this year. Unfortunately, the Goonies celebrations, which have been happening yearly over the last few years, are not happening anymore. Not just this year, but they have canceled the Goonies celebrations. <coughs> you can still go to Astoria, Oregon to visit filming locations that were in the Goonies movies, but unfortunately, they've decided not to do the annual festival. But don't let that stop you. Like I said, you could go visit the town. If you're a fan of The Wizard of Oz, and who isn't, I have some news, and hopefully it'll change later on, and maybe we'll get some updates later on in the year. And the first is on the Oz Stravaganza, which is in, I don't know if I'm going to butcher this or not, Chittenango, <laughs> New York. I'm in New York, and I never heard of that. Unfortunately, the event is held every year. It's canceled this year. The museum is actually still closed. And if you're a fan of The Wizard of Oz, this might be something that you might want to look into because they're struggling a little bit. There are different ways that you can get involved or donate to their foundation, which helps to keep the museum alive and the events going every year. So if you go to allthingsoz.org, you can, you can see all the ways you can either donate, you can become a member, you can buy some Oz goodies, some merch if you'd like. And they do have, um, they did have some events. They had an autograph sale. They, they've had other things. They're just not doing anything in person yet. So hopefully next year they'll get back to the Oz Stravaganza after all the COVID stuff is passed, and hopefully the museum will open. So if you have an opportunity to help them out, that'd be great. Now, speaking of Oz in Beach Mountain, North Carolina, I've had these people on from Land of Oz on my podcast before, so you could always go back and look at the past episodes. Every year they all open for an August extravaganza also, but their details have not been announced yet, So, but they also haven't canceled yet. So keep an eye on their website, which is landofoznc for North Carolina.com. Now, one of the best things I think I've done in years was go to the Lucille Ball Comedy Fest, which is held every year in August, and they are holding it this year as well. So it's located in Jamestown, New York, and it's going to be held August 5th through the 7th. Now, non-COVID years, this event sells out very quickly. You have the opportunity to smash grapes and or stomp grapes and you have the opportunity to wrap chocolates and do a Vitamita Vegemin commercial and tour Lucy's hometown and and tour the studio and see all the merchandise not merchandise but the memorabilia from the show 
it was, I am a huge Lucy fan, and it was one of the best things I've ever done when I've gone on the road. And if you have an opportunity, tickets are still available. They have a comedy center there now. And it they just put, um, oh, I can't remember his name. And, of course, I'll have to add this into the show notes afterwards. Um, Carl Reiner. Carl Reiner's materials are now in the Comedy Center. And it's also a place where people perform every year and they're perf- and they get some really, really big names. They've gotten Brian Regan. And so go to... Um, comedycenter.org and check out the tickets for the festival again because it's a COVID year tickets aren't really selling out yet so there's plenty of opportunity to to go to the Lucille Ball Comedy Fest now the Star Wars celebration usually takes place every year but it's going to be skipped this year and moved to 2022 actually August 18th to the 21st 2022 it's at the Anaheim Convention Center and if you go to StarWarsCelebration.com, you can check out that event and plan ahead. And who knows? I, I've, you know, I'm my daughter's more of a Star Wars fan than I am. I've seen pretty much almost all of the movies, but I would love to go to this and just dress up and be around all the other fans. It sounds like a lot of fun. I've seen a lot of pictures of it, and it just looks like a blast. Now, if you are Team Edward or Team Jacob, you know I'm talking about Twilight. And every year, Forks, Washington puts on a festival for to celebrate Twilight. They are having that festival this year. It starts September 9th and it goes to the 12th. It is already sold out from what I can see on their website, but you can be put on a mailing list. So if you go to ForksWA.com, you can check out the events and Get your name on a mailing list if you are interested in seeing the Twilight Festival. But again, if you miss it this year, they probably will have another one next year. They've been doing this for a while. Now, I've also mentioned Shawshank Redemption, one of my favorite movies on this show. And in the past, um, they've done these festivals. They've done fan festivals. They had a 25th anniversary celebration where they brought back a lot of the actors And this year, all I can tell you is I don't see a festival yet. I can tell you that they have a self-guided tour going on of the prison where in the past there used to be um, guided tours. There's self-guided tours now where you can see five rooms of props and costumes and set pieces and other items from the film. You can see the safe in Warden Norton's office, uh, Red's parole board room, Andy's escape tunnel. You can see all of that, but it's not, there's no guided tours. So if you go to the Shawshank Redemption website, um, in Ohio and take a look. The What I also noticed is in the past, the penitentiary, which the Ohio State Penitentiary, would be closed at certain times of the year. From what I see now, it's open all year long, different times, at diff- different like timings, I guess you would say it, at different times of the year. So, <laughs> you know, depending on when you go, it's the times will change. So check it out. Uh, the next thing is, and here I wish I could whistle because I would do the opening to the Andy Griffith show, and but I can't, so <laughs> sorry. I'll, maybe I'll put it in as an after thing. But the uh, Andy Griffith show is an iconic classic with Andy Griffith and Ron Howard, who got his Hollywood start on the show. Like I said earlier, he also started. Um, he also starred in 
American Graffiti, and he got the he got into the Andy Griffith Show playing legendary Opie Taylor. And every year from September 21st to September 26th in Mount Airy, North Carolina, there's a festival for the whole family celebrating Mayberry Days. And it's kind of going back to a time when life was simple. The sheriff didn't carry a gun. Uh, you can enjoy a bottle of pop while playing checkers, relax to music from many local bands. And it's it's just a very sweet festival and again it's in uh it's in North Carolina Mount Airy and if you look up Mayberry Days you might want to check that out if you're going to be in the area also uh if you're going to be in Arizona Wilcox Arizona to be precise you might enjoy Rex Allen Days and you might know him as the Arizona Cowboy he was an American film and television actor singer and songwriter he was the narrator of many Disney nature and Western productions. He got on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1975. And as much as he's the Arizona Cowboy, if you grew up watching Charlotte's Web, he was also the narrator on Charlotte's Web. So there's Rex Allen days. Um, so you could look that up and check that out in Wilcox, Arizona. And there's also somewhere in time and if I keep sending you guys back to previous episodes, but I talked about how I've always wanted to watch that movie. I never had an opportunity to, and I just took it in the past couple of years to finally sit down and watch it, and I loved it. And every year, the Grand Hotel on Mackinac Island in, in Michigan has an event where they turn back the hotel to the somewhere-in-time look and feel of the movie. And they are doing that this year. Um, it's one of the most popular events that they have. It's done in October. And their rates start, hold on to your hat, because this isn't something that's like inexpensive. Uh, it's $1,284 per couple, $1,134 for single. You can add on dates if you want to stay after the event's over. There will be screening of the films, discussion of the movie's production process, appearances by cast and crew and you're invited to come in costume and a lot of people dress the way that Jane Seymour did in the movie um, so that is something that's now on my bucket list to do I really want to go to Mackinac Island and go to the Grand Hotel maybe not necessarily for that particular weekend but just to say that I stood there unfortunately Another one of my favorite movies is a victim of the COVID fest, the COVID, no, not COVID festival, but <laughs> the COVID events and everything going on. And the Dirty Dancing Festival, which typically takes place every year in September, has been postponed for this year. I did find that out. So there's a lot to choose from. You may want to also start thinking of Christmas, and that's still several months away, but a Christmas story house in Cleveland, Ohio is going to be open for tours and things like that. They also have a marathon every year. Um, that'll be taking place. And you may want to check that out and start to get your reservations in. And the Seneca Falls, it's a wonderful life museum. This year, if you can believe it, it's the 75th anniversary of It's a Wonderful Life. They are planning five days of activities to celebrate and it'll be held between December 7th and 13th. They're going to have 
some of the actors coming back, believe it or not, who played Zuzu and Janie and Tommy and others. So you got to check out wonderfullifemuseum.com 2021 festival and get your reservations in early because I think that that's going to sell out because there's a lot of, a lot of fans of It's Wonderful Life out there. Now, if you want more details on events like this and other things that you could do on the road this year, please pick up a copy of my book. It's called On Location, A Film and TV Lover's Travel Guide. And you can get it through oblongbooks.com. And I would be more than happy to, if you ask if you want it autographed, uh, let them know and I will go up there and I will autograph it for you and they will ship it out to you. But you can go to oblongbooks.com and put in an order. And that's a start. There's so many other events going on. And I will, in future episodes, try to bring you the most updated information as I get it as to what events are going on and what aren't. And in the meantime, we're going to move on to the interview portion of the show. This has been a long show so far. I thought all those events would only be too short of a show. And now I feel like I have a very long show for you guys as I come back. So I'm going to stop there and I'm going to send you off to this great interview that I have with Susan Gallagher, who plays Homeless Lynn on Cobra Kai, and I love Cobra Kai, and my interview with her was a lot of fun, and I, I will, I, I just can't wait for you to hear it, and I will see you guys on the other side. So my guest on today's episode of Real Travels is actress and producer Susan Gallagher. Now you might know her from her work on Val, on Queering, or her roles in Safe Harbor, or The Inbetweeners. She's appeared in, among many other things, the film Strange Weather, opposite Holly Hunter, Bloodline, opposite Kyle Chandler, and Lifetime, The Christmas Contract, which was opposite Hillary Burton, who actually only lives a few towns over from me and has done an amazing job in the Hudson Valley of bringing people here, but that's a whole side note. Other lead roles have included working in female-driven films such as Doorstep and Windblown, and Susan also played a woman with the early onset of Alzheimer's in I'll Be Here for a While. Now, in 2014, she formed her own production company, Her Little Red Productions, a female-run production company focusing on female-driven projects, which we're going to talk about. And, of course, is currently in Karate Kid's Cobra Kai as Lynn, otherwise known as the homeless woman. And we're going to talk about all of this and more. So welcome to the show, Susan. Thanks so much. I'm I'm just thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm thrilled that you're here too, but I'm wondering if we should even be talking because I read on your IMDb page that you are in Florida and you support Gators football. And unfortunately, I'm a Seminoles fan, so are we even supposed to be talking? Is this like against religion or something? <laughs> well, you know, I've been a Gator fan for a long time, but we had a nice run, and then MSU had a nice run. So I say that we can talk, um, and I actually live on Seminole Road, so, you know, I, I don't hate Seminoles. <laughs> All right, I, I I will overlook the Gator football thing and we'll go have some fun. How about that? Okay, okay. Even though I do prefer orange and blue, you know. <laughs> I do we'll, too. We'll try to behave ourselves. It's funny, I do too, but I'm a New York Mets fan, and that's not even saying much more, you know, good things either. But you know. <laughs> uh, all right. So anyway, let let's get started because I want to go back actually in time with you because. I know a lot about what you've done over the years, but where did this all start for you? How did you get this acting bug? 
I think I got to acting bug when I was a little girl. My mother was in show business. She was uh, an entertainer. She had the jazz trio. She jazz singer and very musical, played piano, the organ. And I, I just grew up with that kind of bug. And she, um, she always had a lot of musicians in our home and comedians and just different entertainers. And so I grew up with sort of being around a lot of different types of performers. But it wasn't until I got a little bit older that I really started pursuing acting. I had done a little modeling in my teens, but lived in Gastonia, North Carolina, which is where I was raised, and there just really wasn't much of an opportunity for film and TV. So it wasn't until my 20s when I moved to Florida and got married that I started um, taking acting classes, got an agent, and immediately the doors just started opening up, and I did a lot of commercials and infomercials, and I worked with Home Shopping Network and was their national spokesperson, and, you know, just was trying to learn as an, as an actress and grow, and I eventually, you know, booked my first legit role, which was a Roger Corman film, if you remember who that was. Mm-hmm. He was sort of the, the king, the original king of the indie world. And, you know, one thing just led to another, and I just continued to study and grow and not quit because it's easy to get discouraged in this business because there is so much rejection. But I've just hung in there, and I'm still hanging in there and still slipping all over the place, but not as much as I I used to. So things are, are looking good, and I'm feeling encouraged. Now, when you talked about your your growing up period, there was a lot of music in the house, you said, and a lot of jazz and things like that. How come, like, you went the acting way, but do you do anything on the music side? Well, I have, I've written a couple of uh, songs. I like to write lyrics, and I co-wrote a song for my first little short film that I wrote and, and produced and actually saying it on the um, on the film. But, uh, you know, my mother is so incredibly talented that, you know, it was difficult growing up with someone who, who had that kind of talent. I mean, mm-hmm. she's, just, she's the most talented person I've ever known in my life. So, and I, I didn't have that kind of talent. And then, um, honestly, my, my sister, one of my sisters who uh, was, um, who is 18 months older than me, she was like a little child Beethoven. And I didn't have that kind of talent either. I mean, she ended up getting her master's in classical composition from Juilliard in New York City. So that kind of musical talent, I just, I didn't have. Mm-hmm. So I, I sort of even, I think I kind of suppressed my creativity for a while. And I did, I was a cheerleader and uh, I had a lot of friends and I was more into sports and that kind of thing until, you know, I got a little bit older and then I realized that I desperately needed a creative outlet myself. So I went in a different direction. But my father had always wanted to be an actor. But he had a family at a young age and had to get a real job. Mm-hmm. But that was a dream of his. So I, I think I was sort of inspired by his dream. I know that you said that it, it the bug bit you later, but did you ever watch a lot of TV and like or films? And who were your favorites to watch? I did, and I loved like Betty Davis and 
of course, I also love like Cecilia Lauren or, mm-hmm. or Raquel Welch and all these beautiful women. But, but Betty Davis, because of, she played a lot of different character roles, was one of my favorites. And then I, I loved like Jeff Bridges growing up and Jack Nicola, Nichols, Nicholson. You know, there's just, gosh, there's just so many. Mm-hmm. But I, I did, I did love TV and film and, and had a lot of dreams and sort of got lost for a few years and went, took some wrong turns. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I found my way back and, and I got my life together and, you know, I'm just living the dream today and being grateful for every day that I have on this earth. I, I love the the attitude. I mean, it's it's inspiring too. And and when you look at roles now, do you keep in mind like a certain type of role that you want to play with the stuff that you've been through in your life, or do you, you know, just is it depends on the character kind of thing? Living in the the southeast in a regional market. I mean, I've lived in L.A. and I've lived in New York, but I've always had to come back home because this is where my husband's business is. So I've had to really hustle, Lisa, and create my own work and chase the work because there's just you know not as many opportunities in a regional market. So what I have done, and, and plus my agents, the majority of the agents that I've had over the years, put me in a very small box. I mean, Hollywood will put you in a little tiny box, and they're like, oh, okay, well, she's this, or, you know, she plays the lawyer, or she plays the wife of the governor, or, or she's the, you know, the mom, or, or, you know, the school teacher, or whatever. And I wasn't being submitted for character-type roles. And, and I think one thing, too, because of some of my personal history, I, I've always been more attracted to media roles, to more complicated type characters, and and you know, and, and crazy people, or just different types of of roles more than just your mainstream. So what I have done over the last probably ten years, six seven years in particular, is seek out indie projects where possibly I could play the lead in a short film or a low-budget indie film for a more character-type role, which, you know, you can see on my IMDb that I've done. Like, one of my first lead roles was in a, a film called Picking Back Up, and it was based on this woman, Anna Lakota, whose husband had died, and they were both drug, drug addicts, and she's spiraling down where she's being evicted from their their home, but to her children, you know, grown and gone. And it was a very complicated character. And then, you know, like you mentioned in the intro, I played a woman in I'll Be Here for a While who was developing Alzheimer's. And I've tried to play these different roles and stretch myself as an artist and challenge myself as, as a human being. And like in querying on um, our web series on YouTube, we've, we've done two seasons and I play the part of a bisexual woman who's recently retired and she's coming out mm-hmm. thinking that she's bisexual. So she's struggling at a point in her life trying to figure out who she is. And, and so I, I just was honored to play Val in Queering. And, and we were supposed to have shot Queering the movie and then COVID hit. It shoots in um, Brooklyn. So I'm looking forward to, to being able to slip back into her skin because she's a very grounded woman and just, you know, I, I just love the whole queering family. So, um, I, you know, and, and then I still try to do the legit work, whether it's Marvel or Cobra Kai with Homeless Land, which has been an absolute blast. Mm-hmm. The 
somewhat provocative. So those are the more challenging roles for me or the more character type roles. I heard, um, I listened to another uh, interview that you had done, that when you went in for the role as Lynn, you actually showed up in character. Do you do that with, like, a lot of the roles that you go to audition for, or was this one kind of unique in, in doing that? Well, playing Homeless Lynn and Cobra Kai, just that whole audition process was very unique for me because... None of my agents would have ever seen me or submitted me for the role of a homeless woman because I don't really have the opportunity to play those kinds of roles, and I don't look that way. Mm-hmm. And um, I had seen it on actorsaccess.com, which is a self-submission site, and I saw that it was shooting in Atlanta, so I did list my Atlanta agent because that's the ethical thing to do. And it did say, think outside of the box. And I know it was going to be a huge hit because it's the Karate Kid and you had the same stars from the Karate Kid attached to this. So I thought, man, you know, that would be great. I'm, I'm just going to throw my hat in, the, you know, hat in there and see what happens. And I had um, taken a headshot. Uh, a friend of mine had taken a headshot of me um, a while back of just, I've got on a, like a beat-up T-shirt and I've got like some dark underneath my eyes and no makeup. I sort of whited out my lips and... My hair was just kind of a mess. It was sort of a drug addict slash, you know, the the, the worn out waitress from the Waffle House third shift who's at the hospital with a grandson. <laughs> you know, I had all these different roles in my mind of who I could play, you know, while I'm shooting this headshot. And so I, I submitted that picture and I got a I got an audition from that picture because I looked bad. <laughs> and so um, I my husband's like, "Well, you're going to go in character," and I, and I was like, "I know, I know," because I had to put myself on tape. Mm-hmm. So I wore some of my husband's old beat up sweats, sweatpants, and this big beat up hoodie of his, and I I like back teeth, my hair, and I did darken of the eyes, whited out the lips, white out the eyebrows. I mean, I look like a straight-up drug addict. It's kind of what I was going for. Mm-hmm. And I just had a blast. I was up in the North Carolina mountains, and I went to a studio in Asheville, and the guy who was taping me and reading opposite, we just, <laughs> we just had a blast. And I just, I had a lot of fun with it, and I went for it. And then I forgot all about it. I had not even told my Atlanta agent that I had into this audition because they know that I'm very proactive and I hustle and, you know, I, I, I do this kind of stuff all the time. I'm very independent that way. And so when they called with a callback, they thought they had made a mistake, mm-hmm. you know, because they're like, you have a callback for the homeless woman in Cobra Kai? And I was like, oh, my God, yeah, I forgot all about it. <laughs> so anyway, I was like, oh, wow, I've got to meet the big three who are the three creators of mm-hmm. this wonderful show. And I knew I had to go in character, Lisa. So um, I stopped at the Kroger grocery store right up the road from the casting director's office. And I changed, and I, I, I grabbed one of those little wrappers from the bakery because I wanted something to wad up and throw, you know. <laughs> I, mean, I wanted to get physical. And, you know, so I had that in my pocket, and I walked in. And I can remember the big three were sitting there, and one, uh, Josh Yield, I think, said, Wow, she's she's coming in character. Um, I guess other people did not do that, but mm-hmm. I knew I had to, and I thought, just don't smile, don't engage, just stay in character. So I stayed in character the whole time, and when I was leaving, Hayden Schlossberg said, well, you know, we got to do something about those teeth, and I'm like, bring it. Mm-hmm. And, and I had been standing in front of John Hurwitz, and um, they had given me a couple of notes, and I felt that I had taken them, but I just really had a good time because it was such a long shot, and I I got the role. 
That is awesome. And, I, you know, I was late to the party on watching Cobra Kai. And, you know, a couple of seasons had gone on and people were talking about it and I saw the movies as a kid. But I didn't tune into the show. And then I had, um, I'll tell you about the person I had on a while back who kind of also told me how good it was. So probably just a couple of months ago, I sat down and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch this series, and I put the first episode on, and I was hooked. I watched the entire series in probably two weeks, um, wow. maybe less than that. I, cu- I yeah. couldn't stop watching. It It is such a good show. Now, when you started on, you know, thinking, okay, I'm playing a, a I'm not going to say just a homeless woman, but I'm playing this homeless woman, did you see her character kind of, you know, becoming a bigger part of the show, or is she going to even become an even bigger part of the show now? Like, you know, t- talk to me about what you kind of thought it would be. Well, one thing that I thought that she should be was sassy and somewhat provocative, but I knew I wanted her to be sassy. I was not going to, I was not interested in playing this character, you know, this typical victim kind of woman. I wanted this woman, you know, to, to really have, you know, to be a little more formidable. But, um, yeah, the first season I, I was in three episodes, one, three, and five. And the second season I was supposed to be in two. And then something happened, they went in a different direction in the the, uh, the second episode. So I ended up in one. And then I was ended up in one in season three. And my episode, my one episode in season three, was actually much bigger than what what ended up because um, I don't want to go into it because there might be some spoilers if there's some deleted scenes. But they cut out a lot of my scene uh, in season three. So stay tuned if there's some deleted scene or blooper stuff that comes out because you, you need to buckle up because Lynn gets pretty wild. Oh, that's awesome. It was a little bit too wild, I think. But, um, it, I have had just a blast doing it, and I'm just so grateful that, you know, that they keep bringing her back because mm-hmm. it's not like she's that important in the show. But then, you know, she's been somewhat of a fan favorite, and I'm really, really grateful to all the fans who have embraced this this character. Oh, absolutely. And like I said, hopefully we'll see more of her. I even heard that other, other podcaster saying that maybe she should take karate lessons. And I thought to myself... I actually thought that at one point, that it would be super cool when he was looking for students if he pulled you in and where they could go with that storyline. So to hear him say that on an interview with you, I was like, I thought the same thing, that you can then become a bigger part and, and, you know, and, and a bigger, a bigger character on the show. So who knows? You know, maybe, maybe that's what's going to happen. Maybe something else is going to happen. Thanks for putting that out there. It's funny because a lot of the fans, some of the fans started a Facebook group called Cobra Kai's Homeless Land Group. <laughs> and and they come up with all these different theories of this different backstory of Lynn and I mean there's everything from you know Tori is Lynn and Mike Barnes's daughter to you know uh, Johnny has a dream sequence with Lynn and you know or she and Lynn and Crease you know, met at the homeless shelter. I mean, there's so many funny ones. It's that she, Lynn is like the oracle in the picture. Wow. <laughs> it's been a blast. It's an absolute blast. Wow. But, yeah, I'm just grateful. I, I don't know if they 
really know what to do with her, but what I do know is that she has provided a little comic relief mm-hmm. to the show and to Johnny Lawrence's life, who mm-hmm. is completely filled with drama all of the time. Yeah. Um, and people really enjoy her and, and the interaction between uh, Lynn and Johnny Lawrence and the bantry back and forth. So mm-hmm. it's been fun. Well, I I know you're busy. Before I let you go, I'm going to tell you who I was talking about before, which I had on another episode of the show. Uh, Real Travels is all about fans who like to travel to different places of movie sets, movie locations, TV sets, things like that. So in the past, I had on one of the WWE's uh, wrestlers who came on, and he was under the name of Damian Sandow. His real name is Aaron Stevens, and he came on and did a, a Real Travel Celebrity Minute with me, and he said that Cobra Kai is his favorite show, and he was, like, geeking out because he went during a break to where you guys filmed and stood outside to, of where Johnny lived and, and, and some of the other locations. And and he's the one who actually made me think, wow, I, I really have to watch this if he's traveling out there to, to see these locations. Wow. Yeah. So, That's do, so exciting. Have you ever done anything like that? Have you ever fallen in love with, like, a movie or TV show and, and gone to a site where they filmed a particular thing that wasn't any of the movies that you've been in? Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, um, my family and I, we, uh, we've gone to some of the locations of Game of Thrones. We were in Croatia. We went to where the, uh, the Iron Throne was filmed and actually sat on the Iron Throne, wanting one family to rule them all kind of thing. And then we are trying to plan a trip and do some of the Lord of the Rings locations in New Zealand and just, you know, haven't done it. So, yeah. Yeah, I I don't even watch. I have yet to watch Lord of the Rings, and I even want to go on to see some of those locations (laughs) because they they made those little, I I don't know if they're called hobbit houses or whatever, but they they look so cute and so cool, and I want to see them too. So, wow, I, I can keep talking to you. I know you're so busy, but I am absolutely so excited that you came on to talk to me for a little while. Before, um, you know, I, I, I did want to kind of squeeze in a question here because you have this company that you now create your own projects, female-driven, as I mentioned earlier, Her Little Red Productions. Talk a little about what are you working on now and, and what do you look for when people submit projects to you? I normally look for something that, that really speaks to me. One of the last projects that I did that I was really proud of is a short film called Portrait of a Woman at Dawn, and it was written and directed by my dear friend Colin Douglas, and we shot out in Pasadena, and it takes place back in the 40s in Paris, and it, it has to do with an art dealer, and, and basically it's, it's going back years and, and sort of highlights and sheds a light on um, the Me Too movement. And then the second season of Queering web series on YouTube, I came in, came on as an associate producer because I just love all of the characters, the female characters in Queering and the, the writer-director and the direction of that. The most recent project that Her Little Red Productions, which is the name of my production company, has been involved with is called The Latency. And it's a proof of concept uh, action proof of concept, which is the first time I've ever done any anything involving action. And you know, we're we're hoping to get 
funny for a feature film, and it's, like I said, it's very foreign to me, but I wanted to grow and, and really stretch myself as a producer and as an actress and, and as a person, so that's a first for me, so I'm kind of trying to navigate these uncharted waters with that, but I, before we go, I just, I want you to connect me with this big fan of Cobra Kai, because <laughs> I would love to... To do a shout out to him, or, or, or you know, anything that that I could possibly do. Oh, um, I to meet him. I think it would be a blast. <laughs> I will definitely do that. I will connect okay. the two of you. I think he would absolutely love that. So, um, thank you so much for that, and thank you so yeah, much for this the interview. The fans are so awesome, Lisa. The fans are just amazing. Well, you can include me now because I am, like, chomping at the bit after sitting here for so many hours watching that show. <laughs> like, I, I literally turned to my husband when I was watching and I said, this is one of the best TV shows I have watched in a long time. Well, the it's so good. It's just so good. The big three are just, they're, like, you know, off the chart with talent, and the writing is incredible. And then Billy Zabka, my hat's off again, and everybody, all of the leads that that are just so all in and have taken this show and this fabulous writing to the next level. So, yeah, I'm honored and grateful to be a small part of something so special. Were you a fan? Did you watch the movies? I did. I mean, I, I, especially the first three. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, just I don't know anybody that's not a fan of the Karate Kid. Um, and so for Billy Zabka to take sort of a one-dimensional character from the Karate Kid movies and and the, the and bring him to Cobra Kai with mm-hmm. the the different layers and levels of of his performance, I just think it's been brilliant. Oh, awesome. And where can our fans or your fans find, like, what you're doing and what you're working on? Where's the best place to follow you? Well, on Instagram, it's I am Susan Gallagher. And on Twitter, it's at Susan L. Gallagher. And then Facebook is Susan Gallagher Official. And then, of course, the, the Cobra Kai's Homeless Lynn Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. I got to go check that out. Um, <laughs> Susan, thank you so much for being here today. And down the road, whatever you have coming out, let me know. I'd be happy to give a plug and, and shout outs and stuff. And I want to follow what you're doing. So thank Thanks you again. Thanks so much. It's, it's, been a, it's been a pleasure to be here. And it's so nice to speak with you. And I just really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Susan, thank you so much for being on the show. And thank you so much, everybody out there listening, uh, for listening to this show and to following me and telling me that you enjoy it. I love doing it and I'm glad I'm back. I may start putting up episodes every other week just for a little while until things kind of calm down here with my mom and life, but I will do the best I can to bring you more episodes, more great interviews. You can follow me on Instagram at the Virgin Traveler and you know, reach out to me, let me know that you're a fan and you've listened to the show. And I will see you guys next time. Have a good one.